What's up, Overcomers? This is the Overcoming You podcast. I am your host, Josh Canuti. On this podcast, we focus on what we believe to be the most important thing in this world, which is what we think about ourselves when we are by ourselves. On this podcast, we have people of all walks of, of life, Olympic-level athletes, C-level executives, thought leaders, inspirational individuals, and reg regular people like you and I. Today, I'm super stoked and excited because I not only have an elite-level athlete, in my opinion, but also um, someone that, that is in my life currently and vastly becoming a, a good friend. He's actually my Muay Thai coach. Pat has been training some form of martial arts or mixed martial arts for over, about over 20 years. He is the owner and founder of Rise Muay Thai. He, uh, he is a fighter. He trains some of the baddest people on the planet. And contrary to maybe his fighting career, he's also been through a lot of things that uh, we'll kind of touch on that I know a lot of us will connect with. So please welcome my coach and my good friend, Pat Payan. And I'm like, there's your problem right there. You're spending so much time caring about what everybody else thinks about what you do. Stop caring. Just do you. Yep. Be you. Hello, hello. Great. Hey, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. I know hey, it's uh, I, Sunday. So. I love doing this stuff. <laughs> this is my, I, you know, I have my own podcast too. So like I, I love just communicating with people and yeah. you What's know, sharing podcast? that story. Uh, somebody's wrong on the internet. Oh, no way. What yeah. do you guys talk about? We, we talk about people who argue about things on the internet. So whatever it is that you argue about on the internet, that's what we talk about. So you don't ever talk about Trump or anything, right? Oh, every day. <laughs> I just feel like two. It's been, it's been like two and a half years. I, I I feel like I haven't said that name at least once a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy is so polarizing. It's it's uh it's insane. He whatever it is, whether you love him or whether you hate him, you know, it's kind of like we always talk about. He's like he's like Howard Stern. Good point. He goes, if you love him, you you watch him for like two hours, right? Right. But if you hate him, you watch him for even longer. Yeah. So it's just one of those things you can't get around it. So on this podcast, a lot of times we like to just start to just kind of paint a picture of the individual um, for the people that don't know you. A lot of our identity and a lot of some of the self-doubt starts to kind of happen in, in high school. So I just like to, if you're going to describe yourself in high school, were you, uh, were you a jock? Were you a nerd? Were you popular? Were you unpopular? Outgoing? That is a, that is a loaded question. I know. That is a very loaded <laughs> That's question. That's why we said um, Here's why. Here's why. Because there's two parts to my high school career. There's the 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 young not so out of his shell type kind of guy that was super shy didn't really care to talk to anybody and then there's the guy that like like my my high school career is a lot like the movie van wilder okay yeah like when i started like freshman sophomore year like i was not the social butterfly like yeah. people like really didn't know who i was by the time i was a senior i had people coming up to me i'm like who who are you yeah. Like, how do you know my name? How do you know who I am? Like, I don't know who this person is. Right. Um, that's that's how it, it kind of blossomed into that. Maybe it evolved into that. I was super, super quiet my freshman year to the extent that I was like, uh, I don't know. I've always been introverted. Yeah. And really? I, and a lot of people don't know what real introverted means. Like, people think introverted means you're not outgoing. Right. It doesn't mean that at all. It means you're outgoing to an extent. And when you reach that social limit you're done yeah like, I, I, don't talk to me i want to go home <laughs> uh so i was always been that way my sister was super shy um and i was like one of those people that i was social but once i got to that point right don't talk to me anymore I'm, I'm, i want to go home yeah. so high school was kind of a weird thing for me because i came in from a, a small 
elementary school, private elementary school, and I went to a private high school, but it was still bigger. So I, I had a bunch of people, and you know, you're you're in different classes, so you're not seeing the same people every day, which yeah. is kind of a culture shock to you. And uh, I really didn't know how to deal with it because, like I said, like I wasn't a social person. So, right. Uh, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, well, this is how it is. I gotta, I gotta do it. So. I started making friends, and you know, high school's very clicky. I don't know if yours was. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Ours was super clicky. So you kind of had your clicks. Now, here's the crazy thing about me: I play football. I was in the band. I'm a total nerd. I still am to this day. And uh, were you yeah. doing martial arts or? or I was it, boxing. I was, or I was anything? also boxing. So I, I was doing football and boxing. So I was up at like 5 a.m. in the morning, like as a Damn. high school kid, like just training. So you were a jock and a band. I was a geek. band geek, a nerd, a jock, and I hung out. The group that I hung out with was like kind of the nerdy, not cool kids. Yeah. Okay. Um. In that sense, I I thought they were cool. Yeah. Kids. Who probably are all like owns massive companies and stuff no, like we that. All, by we now. all did all right. Yeah. We all did all right. Um. Most of them are teachers. Uh, That's cool. That kind of thing. They didn't. Yeah. I don't think anyone's a business. I think I'm the only business owner. Anyway. So. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was the first part of high school. I started making friends, started hanging out with those people. But I could go from group to group because, like I said, I played football so I could hang out with the jocks. Yeah. was in the band, so I hung out with the band geeks. I was a nerd. I was into comic books and all other stuff. So, like, when these, like, nerdy kids that kind of just had their head in a comic book yeah. or, uh, or uh, a Game Boy, which is what we had back then. Right. We didn't have cell <laughs> the cell phone was still the Nokia brick. So, just to give you an idea how old uh. I am. Uh, you know, you could play what is it, Worm? Yeah, that was about it. You could change like everybody's like, "Oh, what's your faceplate?" Like that was the big thing yeah. back then. There was no Instagram, there was no social media. Took you eighty three minutes to text, "Hey, how are you?" With hitting the th- the buttons three times and everything. Yeah, well, I got, dude, I was so good at that. Uh, like when they changed the the thing, the the keyboard to the interpretive text, I I still don't get it to this day. Yeah, I still want to kind of do like, oh, I have to hit three times one for C. Right, and that and that was. Just when MySpace, MySpace had just come out, I think my junior year. Okay. So that was the first kind of form of social media we ever had. You know right. What I mean, like, so or was it was it my senior year? I don't know. I don't remember. It was, yeah, so long ago now. You know, that makes that actually makes a lot of sense. The fact that you said you know you go to different types of group and kind of fit in with everybody because I had um, a mutual friend of ours on Big Will. He owns another gym over here. But, and I say this with all um, sincerity, you and Big Will are one of the few people in my life that I can, and I can count on one hand, and I don't know if I need all the all the fingers, is that every single time your name comes up outside, like when you're not around, everybody always accompanies it with, that guy is such a good guy, or that guy is so nice. Yes. You and Big Will both. <laughs> because the thing is, is like- I don't know that. I don't ever right? hear that. I know, because the thing is, it, it may seem small, but you know, you talk about- not talk about people all the time, but you're like, hey, do you know so and so, or you know Jane at at work or whatever? And people go, yeah, I know her, and then that's it. But everybody always accompanies it with a compliment, so that's it's cool. uh, it's really really cool. It's really interesting. I wish I had had that more. So, but you and Big Will are one of the few people. It's always a, a very good compliment behind. I'm gonna start saying that. <laughs> hey, do you know Josh Canuti? That's like, a great yeah, guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> that's a guy. No, that's a great. Um, yeah, no, that's good. That's yeah, really I love cool. I love Will. Uh, Will's uh, actually kind of a little bit of an influence on me too. Um, he was one of the guys who came over to Rise. He was one of the first guys to come over there and congratulate me and everything like that. And he was always he opened his doors to me uh, when I came to see him. And he's always been a cool guy. I, I I got nothing but good things to say about the guy. And he's always positive. Yeah, he's always. I, I wish. I'm. I'm gonna be honest with you. 
I'm never that positive. I may look like I'm that positive, but like he looks like he lives that positivity. And I'm right. just sitting there. I have my good days and I have my bad days. I feel like I'm human like everybody else. Sure. But man, that guy. Yeah, I would like, say you're the, the same way. Not to throw a bunch of sunshine up here, you know what, but every single time I come in to train with you, I cool. always feel better leaving. Not only not only because I get to train Muay Thai with you, but your attitude and everything like that is really, really cool. When I, when I, I feel like I'm a, this is the introvert of me, introverted me talking again i feel like i play a character when i'm a coach like no way yeah i really do because uh i've always told people i'm like look i don't care if you're gonna be the, the heavyweight or lightweight or middleweight champion of the world ufc this that whatever yeah you know when people go in there they want to feel empowered they want to feel like because you don't know what that guy's going through maybe he's taking so much shit from his boss at work that he's just getting piled on yes but for like an hour a day he feels like god yeah. And that's what you that's what you want to make them feel like. You want to make them feel like, look, this person, they come in here, they're good at this or maybe they're they're trying to get good at this and maybe the rest of their life is just absolute shit. I, yeah. I hope it's not, but maybe it is. And I want to make them for an hour like feel good so that when they go home like, man, you know, I did really good at boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, whatever yeah. it is that we're learning that day and I feel good about myself because yeah, man, I yeah. I did the 9 to 5 thing. And I remember, like one time, I, this is when I was like, "This is an interesting, interesting story." This is when I decided that this was it. I was going to do my own thing. I was going to open my own business. Uh, I was working for a friend of mine. I was working on cars. I was a mechanic for, I don't know, like thirteen, fourteen years. And his dad was there, and he, for whatever reason, they made me work on old cars. I don't know anything about old cars. I know the new stuff. I know great old cars. Yeah. Is just like a mystery, like hot rods they, and stuff like that, or like fifties. These are 60s. like old Mercedes. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know anything about those cars. And yeah. I'm like, I I was brought in to work on the new computer cars because I'm a younger dude. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't let the old guys work on these things. Like, I I, I don't know how to do this. So I'm working on this old car. And he he has his way of doing things. Like, no, it's not the way I told you to do it. I'm like, this is the way I know how to do it. Like, yeah, that's not the way I told you. And like he started getting into this heated argument with me, and I'm sitting there, and I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I, I feel like bad about this, but I'm like, I'm like, I was about ready to just, I was making a clock. Face. I was like, Man, I'm gonna clock this guy. Yeah. I'm like, Does he know who he's talking to? Like back then, uh, I I'd probably only been training Muay Thai for Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu probably for a couple years, but I've been boxing my whole life, and I'm just like, man. I would murder this guy right, right now. Right. Like, I'm like, dude, you, dude, how dare you talk to me this way? The guy have was some just respect. talking down to me. And I remember because uh, my friend, who was the owner of the shop, right, comes out and he pulls his dad away, and because he, he could see my, I think he could see my eyes, right, right. And he like he pulled me aside and talked to me later. He's like, he's like, I pulled my dad away because I literally felt like he was in danger. Like, were you gonna hit him? And I'm like, I, I told, I told him, I'm gonna be honest with you, I was this close to just clocking Laying him out dad. i'm like because the way you, i'm like no offense the way he was talking he's like yeah i heard it like i had to talk with him you know yeah. you, you can't talk to people that way and i'm like okay yeah so and then that i like about a week after i think i quit that place and uh i was like you know what uh, i want to do martial arts. I want, this is what i feel good doing right and one of my friends was like well do what you love and just find a way to make money at it yeah and i said okay that's actually not a bad idea i love to train how do I make money at training? Because like I understand making money as a fighter, but how do I? I'm like, eh, be an instructor. You got to put your time in. Yeah. So, so how did you end up end up leaving that that company? So just like get up and walk out, or did you slowly start training on the side and then build kind of a clientele up? I like to think that it was just get up and walk out. But if I if I 
kind of reflect on it, man, I was looking for a way out. I, I was so, I was so depressed and in a slump, like work that, that place was like five minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. I would wake up at, I had to be there at eight 30. I would wake up at eight 25. I would just, just try anything I could to just not have to go. Yeah. And then like literally my, I have to be there from like eight 30 to five o'clock. Like four fifty nine and fifty nine seconds, I was my hands were clean and I was out the door. Like I just didn't want to be there anymore than I had to. And I was, I was seriously depressed about like my I think my life at that point. Yeah, and what I was doing because I'm like I'm not happy and I'm I'm making somebody else rich. So during that time, this is the thing that I really like to talk about and focus on because not a lot of people in this Instagram style of life. Everyone sees the trophy and everyone sees the top of the mountain type of stuff. So during those times, what? What kind of things are going through through your head? You know, I because I've been in those jobs jobs as well, and so it was just like this place fucking sucks. I can't believe I'm doing this. Like what what it's you're, you're in going a dark, through. You're in a dark place. You're in a um. Like what are some things that you're telling yourself? If I could describe it, it's like uh, you're stuck in the middle of the ocean with no land in sight. You know, no matter how hard you paddle, no matter how yeah. hard you swim, you just you can't get anywhere. It's, it's it feels it feels trapped. It feels trapped. The harder you struggle, like if you sit there like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna try to be positive about it and make this situation and work hard, and you just realize like, you're not getting anywhere. This yeah. job is not going anywhere. I, I, there are people that have dead end jobs. That's a dead end job. I'm yeah. never gonna be the boss. I'm never gonna be the owner of the shop unless I open up my own place. Um, until then, I'm just making money. But at the same time, as much money as you're making, it's going out to all your expenses, and sure, you can't. You know, people, people. There are people that are just trapped. And in that instance, I was trapped. And I felt so depressed. I I, I feel like I was just going through the motions in life. And mm-hmm. like you have that if you if you were to draw a cartoon, you'd be like that just gray cartoon, somebody just kind of slumping and getting full out. on Eeyore, yeah. Yeah, Eeyore, exactly. Yeah. Eeyore was like probably my spirit animal back then. Right. Um I yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't do anything about it. That was the thing. And you know, it was even because I had started, like I said, I was training Muay Thai already and it was taking in on my Muay Thai time. That was the only time I was that I was happy. Yeah. And when I couldn't do it as much as I wanted to yet, you know, making money and whatever, I would just I I realized that making money wasn't the end all be all to my life. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. So I, I relate a lot to that when I was in kind of my nine to five dead end job. I went, oh, maybe if I get the promotion. And if I get that extra 25, 30, 50 grand add on to my salary, maybe that will make me, make me happier. And so I did that. And then I was like, oh, okay, you know, 85 grand or a hundred grand isn't good enough. Maybe if I make 150, maybe, maybe the next step would be better. And so I would go, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll be happier there. But it's just, I fucking hated it. I just hated that job. I just hated being in that place. I just wasn't. Did you figure out why? I figured out why, because it, for me, it was not, not to be, be funny, but this podcast is my mission in life. Not the podcast per se. It's just a vehicle, but every single time I wanted to get a, a, um, start a business, or if I wanted to get a promotion, I envisioned, or when I meditate, envisioned what I could do with the money and what I could do with the money is help other people. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And I didn't realize until some things I've talked about on some other podcasts when I went through some dark days and started to come out of it that I can still help people. And since I really enjoy, I love having deep conversations. I love talking with people that, that have been through, through struggles like, like you have, and we'll talk about a little bit more deeper. 
and coming out of that, that's what I want because there's value in that. And that can see an example, success leaves clues, but so does depression and anxiety. And if you can see those clues from a listener standpoint and hopefully help them, then that's the whole whole point of this. And that job that I was doing wasn't fulfilling that portion, wasn't filling the real the heart. insight. It the wasn't, heart it was the wasn't heart fulfilling soul, yeah. the heart. It's fulfilling the pocketbook, but not not the heart. And right. it does not fucking matter whatsoever. And it's so difficult to hear that. I know people listening, people going, making 50 grand a year or 60 going, fuck you, Josh. If I made a quarter of a million dollars, like I, I'd be pretty fucking ha- happy. And I'm telling you. No, no, you wouldn't. Because no. you, you got to understand that the more money you make, the more you have to sacrifice to make it. Mm-hmm. Here's what here's what the key was that I figured out for me. I don't know if anybody else ever figured it out. Uh, I, I'm assuming people would have. Happiness is a destination. People say, you know, life's a journey, blah, blah, blah. Happiness is a destination. It's a point in life. If you keep chasing happiness, you will never achieve it. Never. If you chase, if I keep, because what will happen is, oh, I'll only be happy if I make $100,000 more. Oh, got it. Oh, I'll only be happy if I have, if I meet the woman of my life or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'll be happy if, I'll be happy if, I'll be happy if. You're going to constantly chase happiness. You're never going to get it. As soon as you get there, you'll re-up. Once you get there, now, okay, oh, now I make $200,000 a year. uh, But I'll be happier if I now have that family that I want. Happiness is a destination. It's a point. You're never going to get it. You should be seeking joy. Mm. That's the difference. You should absolutely be seeking joy. What is joy? Joy is how you feel at any given time. So if you're constantly joyful, you don't care about happiness because you feel good all the time. That's really interesting. Interesting point, right? Yeah. So uh, I always look at the things that cause joy in my life. For instance, certain people that are already in your life, not people that you're seeking. My friends give me joy. Muay Thai, punching somebody in the face gives me joy. (laughs) Uh, You know, Muay Thai gives me joy. Uh, that, That kind of stuff. Like... You know, lifting, like I get a lift every day. I, lifting gives me joy. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, comic books, that kind of st- things that are not like huge things. Money, yeah, you know what? Money gives me a little bit of joy, but it's not the end-all be-all for me. For right. me, it's just an, a means to an end. Money is an energy transference, if, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to use this much energy to make this much money, and then I transfer it to get these things. Yeah. Energy transference. I always look for joy, and I always tell people, look, don't do what makes you happy. Do what makes you do what brings you joy. And if you do that, you're going to find that your life is a lot easier in the sense that you're not sad all the time. Yeah. I would that's a really good point. I haven't heard anybody put it that way and I would 100% agree and not to just speaking from myself exactly what I was just talking about this gives me joy when I get a email or a DM from somebody and saying, Hey, your words really affected me or that really helped me or, or thank you very much. Or if I have somebody sitting in your seat and you know, I can kind of show them a mirror of how cool that they are and how awesome things, because a lot of times people like yourself and the other people that have sat in that chair don't know all the cool things that, that they've done. And sometimes you need a reflection back, like having a nine to five job, a lot of people won't, won't stop that and then go do, what you did right a lot of people i don't that's <laughs> a funny thing i don't recommend anybody <laughs> i always tell people because you were like well yeah man i should then i should just totally quit my job and do what you did i'm like look it is a hard road i'm not gonna i'm yes. not gonna lie to you but 
again, you know, a lot of people, like you're right about that. A lot of people don't take the time. They look at the mountain in front of them. They never look at the mountain mm-hmm. behind them. You know, they they climb these 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 mountains to get to wherever it is they need to go in life, but then they're always looking at the peak. I mean, sometimes you got to look back and see yeah. what you've done, how far you've come, like the stuff that you've made it through. Like that's the crazy thing about pain and scars and everything like that. It doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. If it did, you would constantly remember where you'd been. Right. But since it doesn't, you constantly forget that you've gone through it. I, I yeah. that was a weird part about life that I've never understood. One thing that I asked uh, Will this, and I wanted to ask you for some, not for some reason. Well, yeah, for some reason, training Muay Thai or training boxing or any sort of combat sports, I think that every single kid should train it for the pure self confidence aspect of it. Like I told told them the same. I told Will the same thing. I was like, listen, I don't ever want to be in a street fight or anything thing like that. That is not not my goal. For sure. However, when I leave your your uh, studio there, there's a little piece of me that goes, I wish a motherfucker would right now. I swear to fucking God. I swear. I, I got gun, that leg kicked. It's like Somebody breaking into yeah. my house. Um, I got that leg kicked down, dude. Yeah. Um, there's a confidence to it. There's a confidence. And you know what? I, this last year, I've been really, really dedicated to Muay Thai. I know we've only been together for a short amount of time, but down in Mexico, you know, up there in Long Beach. And since I, this is the longest, like, real dedication that I've been, I've trained Kempo for a little bit, box intermittently throughout life. And I can tell you in bu- it's in business uh, meetings, like I'm more apt to be like, no, that's not correct. Whereas before I would like tiptoe around it or kind of be softer. And I think that there's that confidence coming from training that allows me to step up for some reason, not that there would ever be a physical confrontation in the boardroom, but for some reason it, it's added to my confidence to be like, no, that's not right. Or, or even in relationships, you know, like, no, I don't, don't want to do that. Or no, I, can I can't do that. So, I can say something totally terrible, right? Do now. it. You never got that from like karate or anything, right? I never, I never got it from Kempo. Cause it's bullshit. Ah! No, um, <laughs> no, I, I respect all martial arts. There, ah! I, if you ever met Raymond Daniels, he's a karate practitioner. He would totally whip my ass. Yeah. Um, no, it, well, the thing, the thing with Muay Thai too. Yeah. It's gonna, it's a huge confidence booster. And uh, especially like, you're right. Kids absolutely need that today because first of all it's a it's a humbling experience yes you're gonna get your ass kicked yes some people need their asses kicked it's gonna teach you some confidence it's gonna build it back up after you get torn down it builds you back up but it tears you down to to bare roots to to the bare minimum it really tells you who you are like i tell people all the time like i probably know the guys that i train with and the guys that i spar with i know you better than your best friends and Mm -hmm. the reason is because i know what you're going to do when the chips are down. If I'm beating on you, I, I, I can see the real person that you are because I'm going to see what you're going to try and do back to, to get, to get yeah. back to me. Right. And that's, that's a huge difference. You really, you know, it's kind of like that cheesy line. You don't know me until you fight them, but you really don't no, like I you learn it. on, learn an intimate thing about somebody when you, when you fight them or when you spar them or when yeah. you even train them. Like I know a lot of thing about my students that, you know, uh, they just open up to you because you're probably, aside from their parents, probably one of the realest relationships you have is with your coach or your trainer because they know they they seen you in you know in the worst parts yeah. of your life. Yeah, yeah. There's some there. Obviously, you can speak to it better, but there's some sort of like you said, there's some sort of connection or something that once you train with somebody or train under somebody, that for some reason there's just like a 
kinship or connection, you know, whether, whether you, you as a coach actually literally like the individual or not, there's just some sort of connection. I can't explain it. Like, have, yeah. yeah, like I just, I know, like I said this last year, every single trainer or coach that I've had, I know I can think about vividly, but the Kempo teacher, I don't remember or the boxing coach. I, I don't, I don't remember not just cause they were long time ago, but just there was then for some reason it just wasn't the there same. Wasn't and I don't chemistry there. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been with my coach, uh, my coach Tyler, he for 11 years from Muay Thai, uh, my boxing coach, uh, way back when, uh, I still see him from time to time. Um, I, he's too old to train anymore, but you know, uh, he has a place out in, uh, Phelan. Where the hell is that? It's near Victorville. Oh, it's okay. literally out in Podunk yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Um, but he still trains some, some boxers and every now and then, but he's just, you know, I'm too big for him and he's yeah. too old for me and he's too far away. So, yeah. uh, it's just, it's rough, but I still talk to the guy. I still see him. Um, yeah. So there's definitely a, an intimacy level that goes into that training. At least anybody, at least anybody I think that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, because you have to kind of get into that person. You got to get into that person's head. Yeah. 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 You got, and you got to know how. And the other thing, the other reason why, and you've been in, actually, let me ask you this question and, and answer it honestly. The other reason why I think kids, I think it should be part of the curriculum, some form, is that a lot of times when you have like a fucking asshole at, on the schoolyard or in the, the bar, bully. the bully, the bully, first of all, most nine times out of 10, they can't fight for shit. They're just no. big, big, huge guys or, right. or bullies or whatever it is. They can't fight because they've never been in a fight, so they don't know what it's like. But every single uh, person that I've ever met in some sort of martial arts or combat sports, they've been through it, so they know the ramifications, and they are some of the nicest people that I've e ever met. And granted, oh. there's a couple of jerks and assholes here and there, but sure. the, out of 100, I'm guessing— There's always a douchebag. There's always a douchebag. Douche yeah, always going to have that. But out of 100 people in combat sports, I— Betting ninety eight, maybe ninety seven of them are all awesome men and women, but a hundred people out of the business world, fifty five are awesome, maybe sixty. There's like a big my business world people are way no, worse than the the so martial arts. So people. the people that train martial arts, they have an emotional outlet. They have a way to mm. express physically how they feel. In this day and age, we spend so much time as a society not physically connecting with somebody else. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is why jiu-jitsu is important. I think this is also why Muay Thai is important because it's it's physical contact with another human being, and I think that's necessary. You see animals, gorillas, dogs. What are they always doing? They, they always play, play fight. fight. Yeah. They always play fight with each other. Humans, we, we as a society come to the point where like we don't play fight anymore because that's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay to touch somebody. It's not okay to to wrestle with somebody. Uh, that's just, it's so taboo now. Yeah. You know, don't touch me. We spend so much time not touching, not having that human contact. And in the corporate world, those people don't have an outlet. Mm -mm. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody would would uh, be good at martial arts or, or benefit from it, but there is something that you can do in your life that can be an outlet, whether it's... Some physical. Like my dad. My dad builds plastic models. I don't fucking understand it. Like yeah. I don't, I couldn't sit there and put these things together meticulously. But for him, it's like the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, he thinks what I do is nah. stupid. So like, right. it, there is something that you can do that is an outlet for your creativity, for your emotion, for your physicality that you can do. 
and I think 50%, at least 50% of the population doesn't know what that is for them. Yeah. And they think it's, and, and we're in that social media age where they think that, okay, somebody else is climbing a mountain and going hiking. Oh, that's what I should do. Right. Well, yeah, maybe it is. You're doing it for the gram, but you're not really doing it to fulfill your soul. Yeah, that's a real big difference there. Like, um, I have posted, you know, me going to, to Muay Thai, but that's more, I'm trying to show people that I'm a man of my word in that this really benefits me and my, my mental struggles. Um, I don't think struggles. posting's wrong. I think social so, media is great. No, but what I'm saying is that I'm posting it, but I'm in my heart, I'm posting it for me right. and ho- in hopes that somebody's there. Like I'm going there first for me, period, end of story. Right. Whereas some people will go for that hike for the gram and they're like, fuck this whole way, this sucks, this sucks, this yeah. sucks, this oh, sucks. But and I not, just finished. But I just got now, it, yeah. yeah. So you have to I feel very like, clear delineation on, on that is really important. So I'm glad you said that for sure. Um, I, again, nothing wrong with social media in the sense, but yeah. if you're doing it for the right reasons instead of the wrong ones, again, what social media does and what I hate about it is that it, it feeds into that celebrity persona. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to feel like a celebrity. Everybody wants to feel like other people are interested in what I'm doing. Yes. I could care less. If you, if you follow me and you think what I'm doing is great, that's great. Uh, if you don't, you know, right. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, go. I hope you follow somebody that inspires you. For uh, sure. But yeah, I don't. I don't get that whole mentality of being a celebrity. I actually just kind of want to just kind of fade into the background sometimes. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't like the limelight. I've never been. I guess that's why I'm a coach. I don't want to be the guy in the limelight. Right. Like like Ian. Ian's a perfect limelighter that guy he knows how to work a crowd he knows how to yeah be like the center of attention i'm not that guy i like i said i'm the introvert i'd rather just be like oh yeah yeah you clap for him yeah clap for this guy yeah lift other people up to that level i'm not the person that wants to be at that level that, that makes sense so let's transition in, into something that we kind of chatted a little bit via text before but through your fighting career or through your coaching career or through just life in general you said you've encountered quite a few haters or some um Difficult opposition. time, opposition, if you will. Can you kind of walk us through kind of when was that and kind of what, what okay. happened? And then... So uh, I've always had, I've always had opposition. I, um, whether even if when you're like a kid, if somebody's just jealous of you uh, or, you know, maybe they like your girlfriend or whatever, I don't know. There's always going to be somebody in your life that's just like, screw that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a dick. I, it's funny that you tell me, like you told me earlier, they're like, Oh yeah, no, everybody thinks he's a great guy. I'm like, I always kind of picture in my mind. I'm like, I'm sure there's somebody out there that you're going to come across. Yeah. I hate that. guy. <laughs> not like, yet. Not yet. You, I have, and that's the thing. Like I, I can, I feel like I can count on my enemies, like probably on, at least on my fingers, maybe, maybe one and a half hands. Ah. So that's good. At least I feel good about that. But at the same time, like what I found is the more success that you have, the more haters you're gonna you're gonna encounter. Mm-hmm. It, it, video games, at the very least, taught me that. You know, if you're going the right way, you, you encounter more enemies. Yeah. If you're going the wrong way, and there's nobody there. So, right. You know, talking about it, like uh, when you open up a martial arts gym, there's always politics. There's always politics. There's always uh, somebody that you're too close to. Somebody that, you know, this is. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. I really don't get it. Like they're so af- they're so afraid. That, oh, you! I opened up a gym next to so and so. Well, if you know, at this point, if I throw a rock, I'm gonna it's gonna land there. Somebody's Some gym, yeah, jurisdiction or territory, whatever you want to call it. So I kind of had that. Um, 
it was just one of those things where when I left my the gym that I was at, you know, they were I think they were a little concerned that people were going to leave with me because I opened in the same town. Mm-hmm. Uh, were the reason that I did it is because I had an opportunity, and I know opportunities don't come very often. And I'm like, look, yeah. I've been looking for a place. This place popped up. It was my price range. Actually, it was well below my price range, which means I could do a lot more with it. Good. I just had to take it, and I was like, okay, it's not. It's about five miles from where I was training before, but it's it takes about 30 minutes to get from one place to the other, which I figured was far enough. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, nobody on their side is ever going to come over to my side because I'm so much closer to Newport. I figured I'd be attracting more Newport crowd than I would Costa Mesa, Santa Ana. Yeah. Of course, obviously, I'd be on the Costa Mesa this side, but any further down, like past Bristol, ain't nobody going to come. Right. to rise Muay Thai. There's like three or four gyms between us. Sure. <clears throat> I had a little opposition there with the with the owner of my old gym and he was he was a close friend of mine. I mean, we we still are friends. Yeah. But there was about there's about 6 months where man, he just he said some terrible things and I was just like, "Okay, I'm sorry you feel that way. I know that's not how you really feel cuz you're not this type of person and you'll eventually come around." Eventually he did. Yeah. Um at the same time, you know, uh Muay Thai coach too. I I, I he was yours, my my Muay Thai coach. Oh, no. um, he had moved to Fountain, they had moved to Fountain Valley, but I had heard from a friend that he was not really. I mean, he never expressed it to me, mm-hmm. at least in person. But I heard he wasn't happy about it either. So there was some opposition there, and then there were some other there were some other people that were like, "Oh, you know, what do you know about Muay Thai? You you're this, you're that, you you know, you look like you're out of shape, that kind of thing." I had a guy that actually. Uh, He's a he's a pro fighter. I won't mention his name, but uh, he's not a very good pro fighter. Uh, he actually called me out on Instagram, and he's like, "Dude, you're what? you're a fat piece of shit, and you don't know what you're talking about, and all this stuff." He was he was gonna he's like, "Man, just give me the address." I'm like, "Bro, first of all, we train at the same place. That was the funny part. Wow. We train at the same place. I'm like, he's like, man, I'll I'll set up a fight and beat your ass. I'm like, bro, you're you're 155 pounds. Yeah." Like nobody's gonna set that fight up, right? Because he's, like, he's like, "I'll call a promoter. I'll call a promoter right now. We'll set up a fight." I'm like, "Bro, you know where I train? Go to the gym. You want to beat me up? We'll do it there." Right? Like I don't, I don't need, I don't need people to watch. Like I don't need. You. He's like, "Oh, send me the address of gym." I'm like, "I'm not bringing you into my gym. I don't need that kind of karma." But dude, yeah, you train at the same place I train at. So why don't we just meet there and we can handle? I mean, I told him I don't know how many times and he just went off. Like really. It was so crazy. It was the weirdest. It was actually before Ian fought last time in Bellator. So I was like trying to keep it on one side. Oh, his last one that he just had. Not the the one the last Bellator fight. Oh, okay. Which was in January, I think. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so it, it was so crazy. I was just trying to keep that aside and then keep him focused yeah. and everything like that. And yeah, that guy went off the rocker. Like uh he ended up getting arrested or something. The last I heard he was in jail. I don't know. I oh, haven't, geez. I haven't heard from him. I, I deleted him off my Instagram and I yeah. blocked him and everything. And I had trained with this guy. Yeah. I'm like, bro, like, why didn't you say something back then? Like, why are you doing this on Instagram? Like, so outside of that, that guy, the, your friend and stuff, that one probably hurt a little bit worse because, yeah, you my, know, my old, well, my yeah. jiu-jitsu coach, my old mentor, what's going through your head at that, that time you're opening your gym, you're getting all this backlash and then it, you're getting backlash from someone that's really close to you, which that's the thing that I want a lot of the listeners to understand that is that, you know, when people say, you know, you're going to have your haters, everyone's, if this person next door, if comes over here and says, Hey, your podcast sucks, 
fuck you, dude. I don't know who you are. Right. But if a it friend, right, it's a friend. That's those are the haters. A friend that, and a mentor. Yeah, those are the haters that really get at you. That's where all of the the things that you need to figure out how to overcome and the the tips and tricks and whatever you have to do to get your mind right. Because those are the ones that are going to hurt the worst. Oh, and so how did you? How did it you was, continue to to was, go through it, or how did you? What did you say to yourself to kind of overcome, or how did you just? Did you just? I got angry. Did you? I got really angry. Um, first of all, it was like one of those things. I'm like, man, did I make? I feel like I made a huge mistake. This is a bad idea. Why did I do this? Self doubts. That's it. You know, and it's 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 supposed to be a happy time because, like, man, like I helped build these gyms for these guys. Like, yeah. Like, you know, I didn't maybe, well, in, in some cases, I physically actually helped them build it. Yeah. But I also, like, you know, I promoted it. You know, I uh, did my best job. You can half-ass a job and, you know, not really care about it because it's not my gym. Right. Dude, I gave 100% to these places. You know, if if anybody asked me, hey, like, oh, I should train. Where should I train? Who should I train with? I would, you know, even if it wasn't me, I would be like, hey, train with my coach. Hey, train with this guy. Hey, train with that guy. And I would build these places up. And so when there was no support for me when I opened my place, I was like, what the hell, guys? Like, how how dare you not return the favor? Yeah. I was so, and it got me so angry. I just, like, I remember keeping that. I kept the text message that he sent me. Uh, I eventually deleted it from advice of a friend, but I kept it and I would read that thing like every day and it would just infuriate me and that I would turn that anger into, well, if they hate me, then I'm going to just bury them in the sense that I'm going to be so much, I'm going to make my business so much better than theirs that they're going to look at me and they go, I was, I was the real threat. So that's what I did. I just put my head down and I said, you know what? I'm just going to work as much as I can. I'll make this place better than that place ever was. Yeah. I'm going to make myself better than, you know, than they gave me credit for. And so I just, I, I turned it around. I made it, my, I made it my motivation. Yeah. And I did it in a, I did it, I feel like in a negative way because I shouldn't have really gotten angry about it, but I did. And, but I never, I never expressed that to anybody. I would just tell people, oh yeah, you know, I wish him the best, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't like me. There's nothing I can do about that. You know? Yeah. Eventually he came around. He realized that there was more important things in life than, than that. And that was kind of good and we're good now, but it's still like, I still, it's never the same. That relationship's never right. going to be the same. Like I always keep it at an arm's distance now. I'm like, I don't want to let him in because I, that the way that he had spoken to me about and the way that he texted me about these things, I was just like, I don't think I could ever yeah. fully trust you again. Yeah. You know, you did two things there that so many times, and I've been victim of this, I've done both what you did and the uh, uh, exact antithesis, is that you take something negative, something that genuinely hurts you, that, that gentleman's comments, um, text message, whatever, but you look at it different. You look at it in a point or in a way to, okay, how can I use this? Like, I'm going to read this, and then that probably made you get up a little bit earlier, stay a little bit later, drive you a little bit, whereas sometimes other individuals will take that and it will just crush them. Right. And then you also you do something that uh, that I'm really a big fan of, and that I feel like that uh, I do, and I want a lot of other people to do is that you look at life not in a uh, lack, like you don't say, "Oh, I'm going to go," like that other gentleman. You opened your gym. He looked at it from a a life is there's only a pie. There's this big and pie, this and pie. this guy's taking a pie. You don't look at it like that. You go, "There's room for everybody." You know, there you throw a rock, you'll hit a gym. Like there's room for anybody. Buddy, there's no, there's no, not enough. Rising tides rides all ship, ships, you know. In if 
you are successful and that guy was was good for you be like hey you know i'm not really good at you know the 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 clinch or whatever go go work over there but since you know if he was better or whatever but since he did that you know now you can't cross pollinate and all that type of stuff so his lack of mentality actually probably hurt him even more so because i'm sure there's things that he's better at than you are that you could be like hey ian you should go work with this one little thing with him that's what that's the idea that i had was collaboration i was like look we, we can do this if we act as a team, we can be better than the gyms that are acting alone. That's why everybody likes you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, I, I just, I, I like collaboration. I don't like the way things are done. And I knew changing the way that martial arts schools are done, you, the first person out of the gate always gets bloodied up, right? right. So if you're going to change something, how something's been done for, I feel like, hundreds of years, people are going to be opposed to it. They're not going to be up for it because they're going to look at you and they're going to go, that's stupid. Yeah. I go, but you know what? This old school mentality of thinking like, Hey, uh, well, we can't be friends with you and we can't be friends with you because of competitions. This and that. I'm like, but the collaboration would make us stronger. Right. Yeah. Anybody else. So I don't understand why we wouldn't collaborate or why it's such a big issue. And yeah, it, it was, it was hard. Like I knew, I knew it was going to be rough. I knew that, you know, not having him there was going to be one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I have to do it on my own, and it, it's got to get done. Like I can't, I couldn't turn back. Right. I, I already set my path, and there, there was, I made it, I made it so that I burned every bridge in a sense behind me. I guess Huge. not intentionally, right? But I, I had to go forward. Yeah, that's big. Confucius quote that I love: If you want no opposition. Do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. You know, if you don't want any haters, then just work your nine to five, come in, clock out. Nothing wrong with that, but just realize that you most likely aren't going to do what you really want or be what you really want. That was a huge lesson I had in life. Huge, huge, huge. And I didn't understand it um, right away. I've actually been talking about this a lot lately. It's weird. Um, that you, weird they brought it up. So there are people in life that are completely content with that i yeah. don't understand these people I, I i think they're content with that not to cut you off but i'm there's that other not to throw a bunch of quotes out for but there's that quote i've been hearing lately the david the row quote that i think is more prominent now than it ever has been which is most men le- leave lives of quiet desperation those people that are okay with i think inside they're just swallowing it they're just like not maybe dealing, maybe there's maybe. possibility here, here's why. Here's what I say. Uh, I had an old roommate. He's the one that, in a sense, I guess, taught me this lesson. He didn't. He wasn't trying to. I just learned it from him. I had an old roommate, and he was a mechanic. All he wanted to be was a mechanic. He had no passion to be anything else. No drive to make himself better. He was happy where he was. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to go anywhere else. And I'm like, well, to me, I guess maybe because being a mechanic, I guess, was always a means to an end. I'm like, I'm just doing this until I figure out what it is I want to do. Right. With him, that's it. Like, this is this is the next 60 years of his life or 50 years of his life or however long he's going to be a mechanic, right? And I just sat there and I looked at him like, don't you want to make yourself better? He's like, why? I got direct TV. I got snacks. I got food. I got a girlfriend. I got video games. I got a computer. Yeah. What else do I need in life? And I'm like sitting there like, I don't know, a sense of adventure, like seeing things. Right. Uh, I'd self, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, just, you know, 
self-improvement. Yeah. Like, if you just stay there, Constant like... Constant never gonna, any improvement. Yeah, you're just a fucking yeah. rock. And he's like, well, this is just my life. This is how... This is what I want to do. Like, I, I'm good. Like, yeah. you go make yourself better if you want to, but I'm going to stay right here. And I realized, I'm like, that, that taught me a huge lesson about people. There are people who are like-minded that want to self-improve all the time. Mm-hmm. These are the people I understand because this is what I, this is how I live. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where I, I can see that when people are like, okay, well, I'm just trying to make myself better. Cool. I understand that. People who don't, I don't, I don't get them. I don't understand them. Yeah. In my life to me, I'm not saying they're a toxic person, but they're toxic to me because it's like dead weight. I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to carry you with me. Like <clears throat> I'm going to let you go. If you want to stay here, you stay here. I'm going to go climb that mountain over there. Yeah. Yeah, that's been so. There's two things um, with that. One, I'm 100% exactly like you, are very similar to you. Like, I don't want the people that are not trying to move forward because, first of all, I'm not, I know that I'm not strong enough because I'll end up pulling, I'll end up going down with you. You know, I have um, friends that they just want to go out on the weekend, every single weekend, go out and uh, drink, and it's fucking fun. They look forward they to look that. They look forward, shit. but I can't that's, do it. I can't, I, because I can't get where I want to get by continuing to do that. Yeah. So I've had to make those changes. But then also, you know, with that, that gentleman that you described there and those friends of mine that just, you know, live for the weekend, that's kind of their, their mountaintop, you know, that, that pinnacle, they may have had some things in their, their life. Like I know I've had some friends that are fine. You know, this uh, buddy of mine, he makes $50,000 a year, 52 maybe. And he goes, my life is so great. I'm able to provide for my, my child. Um, you know, he lives in, an apartment. He's like, I never thought I would have a two bedroom apartment, you know? And so he's just fine. He's like, I, I just don't want to lose my job. I just want to stay still, but he doesn't want to ever go up, which is fine, but it's just but not he misses the forest for the trees. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's our thinking type of thing. So it's like two things. One, I can't be with those people. I love them from a distance, but I can't be around them because I'm not strong enough. Cause I'll end up going down, going down, down to their level just cause I know myself. I know, um, if I'm not around like-minded people, if I'm not around people that are in- inspirational, people like yourself, people like Big Will, other people on this podcast. It's hard to do, though. It is. It is. And you You're have lucky to, if you find one or two. Yeah. And I have to set my life up to where I I can only go in and out of those of those times with those individuals. And it's not like I have to sit there and, like— divorce uh, a friend or divorce an individual but you know there's ex people I used to work with friends with them that I'm like I'm sorry man you just it's too negative I didn't say this to them yeah. but in my head I'm like hey you uh they would text and go no I'm I, you know what man I'm I'm I can't hang out with you anymore I'd I only just, I hang out with those people if I have time it, yeah if I have time if I, I don't have nothing to do and like oh hey very uh, few and far between yeah it's like one of those things where I'm like oh they text me and I'm like oh yeah I'm, I'm mostly busy most of the time but yeah. if I'm not busy I'll hang out with them and then I'll hang out with them and I'll realize that they really haven't gone anywhere and they're still happy with it. And they're like, oh yeah, man, it's cool. You opened a business, you did this. I'm like, yeah, that's what I set out to do. Like, oh yeah, so you happy now? I'm like, well, no, because I'm, not, do- I'm do. not done yet. Like, yeah. there's, I'm like, I'm 37 years old. I mean, I hope I don't die tomorrow. I don't know if I'm gonna, but yeah. my my ideology is I'm gonna just keep going until I die, like be the best person you can be till you die. Yeah. Um, Cause there's happiness in progress. You know, I really think that there's happiness in progress. Not like we talked about you something to do. Yeah. Yeah. I do something to I strive can't, for. I can't just sit down and just like, all right, the highlight of my week is going to be going to get that beer this Saturday. Like right. 
No, yeah. I can't. That's not that's not what I want to do. My, the highlight of my week is like, okay, I had a good week. I trained a bunch of people. I made X amount of money, and I'm working toward my next goal. Yeah. That's that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for, like I said, happiness. I'm right. looking for joy. So anyway, yeah, so that's – I can't – I can't deal with those people. Mm-hmm. I, I've learned that they're they're toxic to my life, and they may not be a toxic person. Yeah, but to me, I I can't I can't stay there with them. Yeah, and to everyone everyone listening, if you, in my opinion, or or maybe you share this opinion, is that I guarantee you, if you were to take, if you could have any sort of inspirational individuals, let's let's just do Oprah, Tony Robbins, who are some other inspirational people like. Name two more. Let's see, Oprah, Tony Robbins. Uh, you know, Will Smith. I think Will Smith. Really inspirational. Uh, I like more. Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan. So let's say you you hung out he's with the, all... He's of, the man Oprah. So we got to put the man right. Oprah in. Oprah, <laughs> Good yeah. point. So let's say you, to the listeners, if you hung out with those people for Ryan a week Reynolds, straight... for other reasons. If you hung out with those people for <laughs> a week straight... <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I love Deadpool. So Ryan Reynolds for other reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy's a fucking handsome devil. But if you hung out with all those people... For one week or two weeks straight, uh, the Sponge. difference in your life would be tangible. Would be astronomical versus having some of those those people in your life that currently suck. And it makes me sound like an asshole saying that, but it's the the truth is the truth. Some of the individuals in our life, they they don't add. They 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 suck. They life suck. Out of you. They suck you know? life out of you. And I love them. They uh, are literal black holes. Yes. They suck the just the life out of you yeah if i could hang out with oprah joe rogan will smith what was the other one tony robbins and ryan Reynolds. Tony, oh tony robbins yeah that'd be a good guy to hang out with yeah uh and ryan Reynolds. uh oh man my whole life would change you want to know why because for the exact reason that you said earlier where people were like yeah that Pat, he's a good guy imagine having those contacts yeah imagine having if i hung out with those guys for a week i guarantee you i'd be invited to every party they throw from there on out right that's just the kind of person i am i yeah. would be like look they would be one of those guys when I go yeah. to, when I meet them and go, hey, you know my uh, coach Pat? Go, oh, that guy's such oh, a great yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, he's my coach now. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, no. So yeah, no, it's just one of those things. Uh, I I would. Yeah. I would definitely, oh, especially Ryan Reynolds. I think I think Ryan Reynolds would hate me, just because I'd be like a fanboy. I'd just be kind of like right. I'd just be sitting there with my eyes just glistening. <laughs> You're Deadpool. You're Deadpool. Do you know how cool that is? Yeah. He'd probably be just like this guy's weird. Right, I don't like him. Yeah, yeah. creeper. Stop. I had a stage five clinger, literally. So let's take a hard, hard left turn to kind Nope's of it. <laughs> yeah, to something else that we chatted about a little bit before is that during your life you've had bouts or a stint or at least a time where you had some suicidal bouts. ideations or thoughts. Bouts. Uh, Can you tell me what was going on? Describe that that time or times. Um, for anybody for anybody who's ever been suicidal, I don't know if you have. I or have. Not, um, it is something you absolutely never recover from. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Once suicide becomes option, it's always an option. Um, it's a really good point. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that until you've been there. Until you until you got to the point where like, I'm going to kill myself. That is always an option that's on the table. Now. You try to bury it mm-hmm. uh, when you when you kind of recover in your life. You try to go, okay, no, that's not an option. But it, it is always in the back of your mind. Yeah. Man, I should have killed myself. You know, oh, why didn't I do that? There was a lot of different dark times. Uh, some were, one of them was out of love. One of them was out of desperation. Uh, one of them was, uh, I'm trying to figure out the word for it, but I guess it would be self-loathing. 
like I didn't like talk about I, that who I was. Um, talk about that. One. I've done some things in my life, not proud of, that have gotten me to good places. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of like I would describe it as it's the the fertilizer of my life mm-hmm. because it's the literal shit that I've done and shit that I went through that actually kind of blossomed into something great. And I don't think it happens like that for everybody. In fact, I would say this is definitely not the way to go. But I had done some things in my life that I wasn't proud of, and you kind of get up in the in the morning and you kind of look yourself in the mirror and you're like, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Like what, what things did you do that you weren't proud of? Grand Theft Auto. Uh, not the video I, game. <laughs> not the nuts. So I was a mechanic. I got that education from doing illegal things with automobiles. I don't want to get too much into yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. No, um, but yeah, let's just say that a lot of the life that I live now too is also kind of, I feel like it's, uh, what is it when you're trying to pay somebody back? Uh, like a road like, to redemption or like a, yeah, I yeah. feel like it's redemption. It's recompense. It's like, I feel like now that I've done all that negative stuff that you have to overdo it with good to counteract it. Well, not overdo it. I just have to pay it back, pay it back. And I think that's going to be a lifelong thing. I don't think that's something that will ever go away yeah. for me because I feel like, I mean, imagine, imagine you walk out and your car is gone. Like yeah. what would that do to you? You know what I mean? Like that, I, 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 I got my car broken into one time and I was like, Oh, this is what it feels like. Um, and I was like, it feels like shit. I'm like, I can't imagine what I may have put some people through. Yeah. But I, the, it was part of my life is what I did. Uh, I didn't want to do it, but it was easy money. Mm. When you grow up and you realize how hard it is to make a dollar, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I'm just going to be a celebrity. Ah. Oh, I'm going to be famous. I'll be an actor. I'll be yeah. rich. I'm, I'm going to be rich. I remember when I was like, I was when I was before I'm 25, I'm like, I'm going to be a celebrity. I'm going to be rich. Ah. And that was my life goal. That was it. I didn't, right. there was nothing else. Like, yeah. My mom's yeah. like, yeah, you got to go to college. You got to do all this other stuff. I'm like, not me. I was into, I was into street racing and street racing got me into the other part of that life. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, it was a lot more bigger back then. This was pre fast and the furious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pre that was, <coughs> it's pretty Hobbs and chop now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw that movie. I actually saw that movie. Um, wow. Anyway, so this is pre Fast and Furious. Uh, street street racing was actually a lot more prominent back in the back before then, uh, because back then lawmakers really didn't care about it. Mm-hmm. We used to go out in the nine oh nine, and before there was all these houses and stuff out there. There's just these open roads. Yeah, and shit, the CHP didn't even care. They were out there half the time with us. Right. We actually raced a CHP car. It was actually pretty awesome. Was, nice. Do you win? Uh, uh, I didn't race it. Yeah. Uh, just, or did the person uh, win? It was a it was a V8 Mustang versus a, a CHP Cruiser, mm. and the Cruiser actually edged it out a little bit. Nice. Those things are pretty yeah. hopped up. Uh, For sure. So they used to go out there and they used to watch us and they wouldn't say anything as long as we weren't causing trouble. Like they'd just be like, okay, well, yeah, we'll just make sure that you know nobody gets killed. So walk us through that. So you're doing some things that you're not proud of. Obviously, they don't resonate with your true harder identity. You're looking in the mirror. And what do you? What's going through your head when you're looking in the mirror during the suicidal time? So I'm, I'm 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 doing this stuff, and it the compensation is money because mm-hmm. I actually have money to do things. Um, and this is like 16, 18. I think I stopped around nineteen years old, nineteen twenty years old. So imagine a sixteen year old with just a wad of cash. Yeah. Just I could do whatever the hell I really wanted. I didn't really care. Uh, now, mind you, I wasn't like buying Lambos or anything like that, right? right. But like. 
a 16 year old, the ideology of rich is like you have a couple thousand dollars in your bank account yeah, as a 16 year old. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I was doing that kind of stuff and like, you know, I was racing on the side too. So my money went there. I'd bet on racing. I'd buy stuff for my car, so on and so forth. I thought I was happy because I was using the money to compensate and to buy myself things mm-hmm. to, to compensate for how shitty I felt about doing bad things. Yeah. Uh, until one day you wake up, uh, you realize how dangerous of a life it is. And, and then in a blink of an eye, and this is the crazy part because this is an, I didn't, I didn't quit. I would like to think that I would have mm-hmm. by this point had shit not gone south, but the place that I was working for, in a sense, the chop shop that I was working for actually got raided when I wasn't there. Oh, wow. Uh, the owner was arrested, so on and so forth. He served his time, serving his time still. Never ratted anybody out. Could have, easily. Mm. Um, I mean, he knew me. I knew him. I still know him. If it wasn't for that, would I still be doing it? That's that's the kind of the question always in the back yeah, of my head, too. good point. And... I feel like in that sense, I was kind of saved by some kind of divine whatever. Whether you believe in God, the universe, whatever. There was some kind of force that stopped it. Yeah. Because I didn't. And even with my even with my uh, morality, my sense of morality, which I was going to that dark place, it still wasn't stopping. And that's when I really like f- felt like I was, I'm like, man, you're just a pile of shit. Mm. You're a pile of shit of a human being. The things that you do. And looking yourself in the mirror and then just one day, like, you know, you just kind of, you're alone with your thoughts and that's the worst place you can be. Like, yes, when you have nobody that you can talk to about something. So now this guy's gone. He's in jail. You know, he's been arrested. He, everybody that you know in that life scatters like roaches. They have to because sure. otherwise they're they're going, they're going to prison. Who can you talk to? Yeah. I can't go talk to my parents and tell them what I did. Course. I can't go talk to my friends and tell them what I've been doing right. or my, you know, my teenage friends. Not only that, yeah. they wouldn't understand. I couldn't talk to my girlfriend. Right. What was she going to like, you know what I mean? She'd probably just leave my ass. And of course, you know, at the same time, like you're buying her nice things and you kind of wonder if she's a gold digger. I'm sure she wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I had absolutely nobody I could talk to about this. And when you have nobody that you can talk to it, all it does is it's like, it's like, rotten fruit mm-hmm. rot fruit rots from the inside sometimes and when it rots it rots everything all the way out yeah and that was me i had rotted i had rotted all the way through i had nobody to talked to you i had no way out and yeah i mean my only way out was put a nine millimeter in my mouth and try and pull the trigger that's at least that's what i thought and yeah. I, I got to that point so here's me edge of my bed uh i got a nine millimeter beretta had I sneezed, I would have blown my head off. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I couldn't, for whatever reason, there was some, again, could have been a divine force. I don't know what have you. I could not, you know, pull mm-hmm. the trigger. Like I sat there, I put it here, I went to here, I went to, like, I kept going back and forth. I'm like, you yeah. know, kind of a thing. Like I pulled, I remember pulling the clip out and just kind of practicing with just the, you know, with the empty barrel and I'm like, okay, okay. And then I put it and I put one in the chamber and then I just couldn't pull it. Yeah. I couldn't pull it. Um, that was the last time that was 
that was I think when I was about yeah nineteen twenty years old. So there's no there's no like one thing that anybody does because I've I've been there as well. I used a twelve gauge Mossberg shotgun and did the same thing. I told myself the night uh, that I was going to practice fifty times just to make sure because I didn't want anything to go wrong. So I practiced fifty times without the shell in there. Real Something quick, like that. real quick, so I want I actually want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Did you write a note? Yeah. Do you still have it? Yep. Why everybody I've ever talked to about this, same exact thing. Yeah. Same exact thing. They all everybody's kept a note. Yep. Yeah. That's weird. Good. I don't know why. I don't know. I can't I cannot tell you why I keep the note. I can't tell you why either. But I have it. Yeah. So everyone that's been in that position, obviously you and I have come out of it and there's no one thing, but looking back Luckily, because that that's right. an irreversible one. Like people who take pills, you can get your stomach pumped. There's some other kind of intervention that might happen, mm-hmm. right? With ours, it's it's final. Yep. You ain't come out of that. Like yeah. that was the weird one for me. So how'd you come how'd you come out out of that? So armchair quarterbacking, looking, connecting the dots backwards, what are some things that you did to So there was the day something, after the day the day the day after, the six months after, what are some things because when I look at you now, obviously I think you hit it one hundred percent so perfect and I'm and I wrote that down to make sure to um, tell other people want to do talks and stuff is that once you have that suicidal ideation or that suicidal thought, especially a plan that is always an option. So I'm very glad you said that because I didn't think about it, but it still is there. But when I look at you today, I see a joyful individual. I see a happy individual. So I know it's been a little bit time in between, but in between there, what are some things that you've done to overcome that? Recognizing, recognize it's an option. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anytime the chips are down, anytime something goes bad, realize right away suicide is an option and try to dismiss that like first how do you do that or for you personally so it's kind of like writing a list right you always kind of like okay pros and cons right pros and cons of any kind of decision that you make everybody weighs them some people write them down i always kind of just think of them sometimes i write them down and i go okay what's what's solution number one kill yourself okay What's better than killing myself? <laughs> so I always kind of start, if, if I recognize that one in a sense when I make that particular decision, then I go, okay, what's what's better? What's a better idea? So now that it's at the bottom, mm-hmm. I put it like, it's like the first thing that goes in the jar. Okay. Okay, but now it's at the bottom of the jar. What's a better idea? Okay, that's that's okay. What's a better idea than that? So on and so forth. And that's how I kind of got through it as I, as I recognized and made it available in the sense, I almost kind of make a joke about it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, if I just put it in the jar first and say, okay, this is the option and build upon it, I realize that it's always the bottom option. It's always at the the very last thing. Right. If all these things don't work, then I can do that. Then I can do that. Yeah. But you got to go through that list. And that's a lot harder than most people think. Mm-hmm. Most people think like, oh, well, uh, kill myself. And then I have one option before that. And if that option fails and kill myself. No, you, when you start thinking about the different things that you can do, mm-hmm. you'll start coming up with a list of five or more probably. And I guarantee you every single one of them is better. So yep. just try one. Okay, if that fails, go to the next one. If that fails, go to the next one. By the time you get to that third one, you've probably gotten three or four more. Yeah. And if you keep putting that thing at the bottom, it's always at the bottom. It's always in the back of your mind. It's always, you know, it becomes the last option. It's the first option in, it's the last option out. Yeah. That's the easiest way that I've, I've found to to kind of overcome that. The getting through it like the the day after, the six months after, like the next day, 
first of all, the easiest thing I think to do is to find something good in your life. It yeah. doesn't even matter what it is. It could be, yeah. Uh, for me, I'll tell you what mine was the easiest. I want to see this movie when it comes out. I would love movies. So um, I forgot what movie. I think I'm trying to remember what movie it was at the time. Ten things I hate about you. Probably. <laughs> oh, don't even, dude. We'll talk about that movie in a minute. Oh my god, it's funny that you said that. I forgot what movie it was at the time. But I would always get to be like, okay, I want to see this movie. I want to see this movie. I want to see this movie. I want to see this movie, mm-hmm. and like so. Whenever you have that, you're like, "Well, I, I can't kill myself now. I gotta, I gotta kind go see the Avengers." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like whatever it is, right. you know, I want to see how that ends. Um, so find something to look forward to, some little thing, and and then just kind of build upon that, and then find another thing, and then find another. In a sense, look for happiness, mm-hmm. right? Because happiness is you always got to look for that point. I'll be happy if then. I'll be happy if then. I'll be happy if then. You can kind of use that as a ladder. Yeah, you're not gonna find it but it'll help. My therapist, actually, the second day I ever went to therapy, and I've already talked about how I dislike therapy, I didn't want to go, I had to come out of that, and that's what she said to do. She said, make a list of five to 20 things. She later told me she made that big, the, those numbers big for a reason, because most people only get to like three or four. Make a list of five to 20 things on two topics. One, things that you do well or have done well in your life characteristics in five to 20 things that you've accomplished, whether it be graduate and she say it can be something small, graduating high school, graduating eighth grade, something like that. And the pure action of doing that will literally and biologically reduce those types of thoughts and reduce those kind of negative thoughts. So doing that, that thing that you're talking about, having something to look forward to, having something to do um, later will literally reduce those types of things. And then you said something earlier that I learned from my therapist as well, is that being alone is one of the worst things oh, that you can do. So terrible idea. you don't have to, you don't have to text your, your boyfriend, wife, husband, friend, father, mother, grandpa, grandpa, like, Hey, I'm suicidal, but text them or call them, say, Hey, can we just hang out? There's if, even, there's even people that if you don't want to text any of those people, I know there's like lines where you can go yeah. text a random person Yep, and they'll text you back and they'll talk to you and everything like that. I, any, anybody, it, it doesn't matter who it is. Cause I know sometimes Anything. there are people that in your life that you feel will just never understand. Yep. Uh, it's just good to have a person there. Yeah. Just and just somebody, somebody just around, even sitting Netflixing doesn't make a difference. Just somebody around always made me feel better i didn't always want it but i didn't have those thoughts during those times when i was sitting next to those people so we're coming up on time here but i have a, one other question for you but before i do that where can everybody uh, find you and where's your uh, studio located all that type of stuff uh it's rise muay thai we're located in costa mesa 1633 monrovia avenue and you can also find us uh at uh, rise mt on instagram so rise and then just the letters mt and then you can find me at patchpool 63 on instagram uh, you'll see a lot of Deadpool stuff. Just, you know, you can yeah. talk to me about other things too. But yeah, Deadpool. Oh, actually, before before I, I do, I do, want, I do want to talk about one thing. Go for it. Deadpool actually got me through a lot of that stuff. Um, believe it or not, my dad had cancer when I was in high school. 
And Deadpool had come out, and I remember it came out in 1991. That's when I started collecting it. And Deadpool actually got me through a lot of that stuff. His his humor, the comic book, yeah. and even waiting for the comics to come out. Like I was like, oh, I gotta find out what happens in the next issue. Yeah, I gotta. And then when yeah, it was. It well, it's funny that you say that because at Harvard Medical, some time ago, they actually part of the as you become a doctor, and I don't know if it's through all of it. I just read the study from Harvard Medical Journal, is that they actually have a portion of their study where they talk about. I think it's like laughter therapy where when people go through cancer, people go through tough times. Part of the um, prescription is to go watch a funny movie or go watch a movie that they like or see stand up. And the reason being is that outside of when you laugh, it's really difficult to be, to feel bad, but it actually speeds up the heart rate, increases blood flow, increases, um, opens up your capillaries, increases um, overall immune efficiency, and uh, you start to breathe breathe uh, faster, better, and all that type of stuff. So all there's joy. actually some really uh, it's funny. It's all joy. Yeah, it is. So it's, uh, seek joy, not yeah. happiness. So it's, uh, it's good. So and, that's, and, where they, that's where they can find me. I'm also on Facebook. I highly recommend everybody train Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, something. Find, find whatever it is your passion or your joy is in life and go and do it. Don't ask for anybody's permission. Just go. Uh, even if you suck at it, but you're happy doing it, just do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. You don't have to put it on the gram if you don't want to. You don't have to tell anybody about it if you don't want to. Yeah. Just go and find something that makes that puts joy in your life. So you may have just a- answered the question. So let's say somebody walks into your gym. Nobody's I'm, in there. I'm psychic. I know. <laughs> Nobody's in there. It's just you and this this other person. Man, woman, doesn't make a t- difference. And they come, come to you. And for some reason, they decide to just be extremely open and honest. And they, they just go... Hey, Pat, my name's so-and-so. I don't know why I feel compelled to, to tell you this, but I just feel really, really down about life right now. What are some... This has happened. What would you This has say? happened several times. Interesting. Ooh. This has happened several times. So what advice would you... Exactly what I just said. I actually... I'll, I'll even give you a for instance. I have a friend. She's she's still very close. In fact, I'm going to start training her again um, uh, in the next week or two. She came to me with this, and she goes, I'm just... She was on... All sorts of pill. I mean, whatever antidepressant pill they have out there, I guarantee you she was on. And she was, she just felt bad about her life because her parents always came down on her. Her friends were kind of superficial. And she came and she trained and she's like, oh, like, you're the most genuine person in my life. Like, I don't know what I would have done had I not found you. She goes, but uh, she was really down when she first came in. She was super, super down. And I go, why are you so upset? Like, why are you so sad? What's what is really so bad about your life? You drive a BMW. You sound like you got a pretty good job. You sound like you're going to school. You're trying to better yourself, you know. And she was just talking about, in the sense, the relationships that she had. She goes, yeah, you know, my friends just kind of like they're never there for me. I'm like, OK, so what does that tell you as a person? Okay, there's there's two problems here. Either one, your friends are dicks, mm-hmm. or two, you're attracting what you are. Mm-hmm. You need to kind of you need to sometimes go introspective too, because not everything is everybody else's fault. Sometimes it is your fault, yep. and people need to understand. I'm like, look, if you're attracting these people around you, there, there's a reason for it. If you're a genuine person, you're gonna ja- you're gonna attract genuine people. If you are a superficial person, you're gonna attract superficial people. So I kind of told her, and she kind of looked at it for a long time, and she she kind of came back, and she goes, "You you were right about that." Like, but at the same time, she still had no joy. And I was like, "Okay, well, what are you happy doing?" She's like, "I don't really have any hobbies." She's like, "I like doing Muay Thai, but I'm not, you know, I can't do it 24 hours a day." Mm-hmm. I go, what, "What else do you like?" She goes, "I like shopping. Go shopping." She's like, "Isn't that kind of superficial?" I go, 
yeah, but if it makes you happy, what's yeah. the, what's the harm in it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why does it have to? She's like, well, because people just think I'm a superficial person. I'm like, why do you care what people think? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's your problem right there. You're spending so much time caring about what everybody else thinks about what you do. Stop caring. Just do you. Yep. Be you. Uh, that's that's a hard lesson for some people. I yeah. guess is to just be yourself. Whatever that is, whatever you're good at. I don't care if anybody. Look, I like to play video games. I'm terrible at it. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I get my ass kicked every time I play Call of Duty or something like that. Yeah. So, but I, I don't. I don't do it to to for somebody else. I do it because I enjoy doing it. Like yeah. if I suck at it, oh well. You know what I mean? Brings you joy. It brings me joy. Well, I think that's it. I think you hit it on the head. Find your joy. That would be that's be the name of this episode. I think it may be. Find your joy. I think it may be. In all seriousness, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for for coming out. You're you're an awesome guy, a great coach, and Thank you. screw the uh, screw the screw the, the haters. No, screw the haters. Screw the headphones. Screw the um, the microphone. Um, you know, you help me out a lot lot more than uh, than you probably realize. So I appreciate every time I get to hang out with you and. Uh, Thank you for having me. I love, yeah. like I said, I love doing this kind of stuff. So anytime you want, uh, you need to fill some time. Yeah, I'm your man. Yeah, love to. Thanks, right. man. Appreciate it. All right, see you guys. Out. Right.